is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, we're back with another episode of the London is Blue podcast. As always, your host, Brandon, joined my co host, Nick and Dan. We're still on the infamous Casey couch, getting ready to leave, <laughs> but we have one last objective here. Uh, yeah, look, uh, we've been a little. Um, busy it turns out with all the football recently the 100 matches in 101 days basically that's that's happened over the last month and a half and so uh, while that's been going on we've also been planning for what the hell we were going to do during the world cup and uh, the lack of chelsea provides us with an interesting uh, opportunity dan to use your language uh, an interesting opportunity to do something a little different um, than, than we would typically do this time of year when the football is at its peak. Yeah, well, we, we will have the Chelsea women return at some point during the World Cup period, so don't don't count that out because you're going to have Jesse Abdullah, yourself, and a host of others still talking about that. We've got plenty of people on our roster. You know, we, we don't do a, a call-up, a squad call-up. There's no official announcement like that there, but we've got... We should do one, though. Funny. We should put out a graphic. Well, why weren't we invited to the top of uh, Empire State Building to light it up? I feel like I feel like we didn't even make our own graphic. No. You know, unfortunately. It's really unfortunate. <laughs> so um, we obviously are going to fill this forty-five day gap, which we've been talking about on the pods. Like, how is this going to work for Potter and stuff? Well, we also have to find time, and we are not flying to a warm weather training camp. We are stuck here. What? Uh, yep, you're on your own, Dan. <laughs> Yeah, we were gonna do it in KC, but apparently it's really cold. So it's not. It's gonna take a while to get over this. <laughs> um, I think to kick it off, the three things that we want to talk about today are our thoughts heading into it. Generally, uh, this is a very controversial World Cup for many reasons, um, and then we'll talk a little bit of what we think about the U.S. Uh, and potentially the U.K. Uh, since we have a lot of Chelsea players uh, representing that team. And then, obviously, we'll go into our specific plans of content so you know what to expect uh, and can prepare yourselves as well. So um, generally running over kind of the World Cup and how you feel about it, Nick, um, I remember when the draw was announced, I was in college, I was in the cafeteria, and I saw Russia and Qatar get uh, pulled out from Set Bladder and announced as host cities. And even back then, and that would have been like 2008 or nine, I think, even then, I knew as a young, dumb college kid that, like, <laughs> this is corrupt. Like, this is insane. Yeah, look, uh, December 2nd, 2010 uh, was, is, is a day that will live in infamy. Um, it was a, uh, a very cold day in Lincoln, Nebraska, where I was, uh, where I was hanging out with uh, a couple of buddies from the American Outlaws. And, um, you know, I think most of the reporting at the time, if you go back, the consensus was, and even admitted by Sepp Blatter himself recently, was that the U.S. was going to win the bid for that World Cup, that 2022 World Cup. Um, you know, obviously had a hugely successful tournament here in 1994, Dan. Uh, you know, the, the growth of soccer over the last, over the previous five or so years had been huge here with the uh, 06 World Cup and the qualifying campaign for 2010 and then the 2010 World Cup. And, you know, in that period, it just seemed like all the stars were going to align for the U.S. to host the 2022 World Cup. It was also thought that England would win the 2018 World Cup. So you'd have back-to-back -back kind of uh, World Cups in those two countries. And what ended up happening was 
uh, as as our friends at the World Corrupt podcast, uh, yeah. Roger Bennett and Tommy Vitor would put it, is was one of the most corrupt uh, bidding processes of all time. Obviously corrupt. <laughs> like, incredibly corrupt. Well, you know you've done a bad job of preparing for how to handle this from a media PR exposure standpoint when you have a single Wikipedia page dedicated to the corruption and the controversy <laughs> of the 2022 World Cup. And you not only have multiple sections, but you have subsections underneath the sections. Look, when somebody has to actually create the content table for it, you have done a lot of terrible things from the human rights abuses to the money likely shifting hands to secure the placement to the shifting of this to the winter time, which has disrupted the entire calendar. I mean, you could go into any one of those, and that is a full podcast series to go into. I think the World Corrupt one from the good good people at Crooked and then also Men and Blazers is a very nice kind of co-production that they've been able to put together. Highly encourage you guys to go listen to that if you're interested in all yeah. of the like geopolitical stuff that went on. Like it's obviously not reporting that we're doing <laughs> original original reporting here, but it's kind of well told at this point. So if that is something where you're like, ah, you guys put a little bug in my ear to go listen to something about that, they already got that covered. We, we are going to do that here. Well, and what's, what's Interesting is you also, even in this run-up to it, you have reports of the Qatari government paying fans to post positive things on social, to go to these events, to, Propaganda. to be snitches, yeah. to, for migrant workers being pushed out of the temporary housing that they were in so that they could make space for the people who were going to be in the games, for ministers saying, don't showcase your, you know, don't, don't, don't share that you're like a member of the LGBT, you know, Q plus community because... We don't care about that for the next 28 days. Like all of these things, it is a, a terrible place and it should have never been selected. I mean, yeah. So obviously uh, a lot of um, content is coming out around it right as it goes. We have the Netflix series, which I hadn't oh, yeah, yeah. seen yet either. Uh, Bladder's trying to do a PR run to kind of wash his hands of the terrible decisions he made. But um, it, it, I think for me, it ruins a lot of it. And I think this gets back to like, a moral discussion, you know, these athletes and the coaches and the referees and, and the support staffs of these teams have been, you know, working for large parts of their lives towards something like this. They didn't choose it, right? The people who, who are responsible for growing and like maintaining the game have massively failed the entire soccer world and community. And now we're in this moral dilemma of, well, how do we protest? How do we like bring awareness to the human rights issues and all these different things that are going on in this part of the world that should never have been? And th these are the heavy hitting issues. We're probably not even going to get into the fact that in their summer proposal, they said that they were going to have technology to change weather to make it cooler in the summer. Like this cutter bit yeah. from the beginning was That's what uh, you know Mr. Burns did in The Simpsons. <laughs> Uh, At least he did it, is my point. And yeah. then they get down like, hey, guys, so we can't do that. How about a Winter World Cup? And it's like, no, you submitted and accepted a summer proposal. Now we're in a Winter World Cup. We've never been in this situation. It's in the smack middle of a season of almost all countries. Not everyone, because I know Brazil and U.S. And, and a lot of Central America are on different schedules. But now this has massive repercussions and kind of a ripple effect. Yeah, I mean, I think... We were out to dinner on Friday night, and 
you know, we're having some, you know, delicious Casey barbecue, highly recommended if you're ever in town. Um, and, and we just started talking about, like, I think you started talking about, do you remember this corrupt FIFA person? Do you remember the, and then we started going on this, like, choose your own adventure of all of these people who are like, oh yeah, I forgot about how corrupt that guy was. Like, uh, Chuck Blazer. Yeah. Jack with, Warner. Yeah. With his, uh, apartment of cats and, and like. All this stuff has been covered on multiple podcasts before, and and we are not, you know, FIFA regulatory experts. We're not even going to pretend like we are, but it's also just brings to light, I think, the conundrum for a lot of fans. Like, can I, in good conscience, tune into this World Cup and root for my home nation or a nation that I, you know, have adopted as as my own, and feel? okay about that and and i think no one has explored this issue better to me than john oliver who has done multiple episodes of his show last week tonight on fifa and the corruption and has also done a lot of podcast appearances um even on men and blazers throughout the years to go i mean it's obvious that they're corrupt but i still i still want to watch it and i feel weird but i'm probably going to and and i think that's I think that's how they get away with with the nonsense. Dan, to me, is like it, the uh, the appeal of the product still reigns supreme in a lot of ways, and it does not mean that the other stuff isn't real and it doesn't impact people. It's just you're just going to have record audiences this winter, I think. Well, you have in the U.S. because we know we have a diverse geo distributed audience. We have John Hamm playing Santa Claus yep. in the. Fox coverage promo where he is essentially tis the season for the World Cup and you watch it and you see a little clip of the U.S. team playing and emotionally, yeah, you get excited to think about what your nation, what people are choosing to represent you and us on this stage would be possible of achieving. And if you put it in a neutral place in your head, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is great. The moment you realize or wake up to the reality, much like the reality that, oh, I, I probably shouldn't say Santa Claus. Santa Claus is definitely real. For, uh, for all the kids who have put up with our voices in the car going to school with their Santa parents. Santa Claus, super real. 100% be real. Yeah. Uh, this, There's this a list. <laughs> it's definitely a list. So I think that that is, it is a tough thing to grapple with, and I don't think we will solve the moral quandary of do you watch, don't you watch? That's a personal choice for people to kind of go after. But but it's also, it's it's this organization putting the individual in a position where they have to make that choice Absolutely. and not doing the right thing up front. And, That's what sucks. Well, and, and like, okay, other organizations and things, you could probably try to incite change. Mm -hmm. I could not tell you how in the world anybody <laughs> fan wise could insight change at FIFA. Like, th and, and it's because the product they have is so limited and so big that like, so lucrative. we have to watch it a little bit because this is a short window that we get to see this one of a kind tournament scarcity every four years in, 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 we can't like, they're not elected officials in that sense of like where, and it's one-to-one -one vote. Right. So when you talk about like our, I feel helpless as a fan because if, they go and get 15 small countries to support whatever. 
because they get money, they're going to give them maybe a small tournament. Like there was that tournament and I think the AFCON, someone hosted who had no business hosting and it was like a safety disaster, but they did it for bribery or to get th the bigger things through or whatever. You see it a lot in the youth tournaments. I read a lot about the mm -hmm. books and the things. The youth are like are used as bargaining chips in these tournaments and things like that. And it's so, so sad to see. And I think that's what I struggle with is it is like, they've built the wall so high and protected themselves so well with this one-to-one -one vote system and things like that, that like, we just, we're at the mercy of how rich they can make themselves. Yeah, it's it's mob politics. I mean, like you really want to put it out there. It is, it is truly mob politics. You, you're right. You don't get to vote these people out. Like there is no like standard election where if you're angry at the direction of fifa that you can go vote for another person well and how do you think infantino got in he had to go kiss the rings and agree to play by the rules well and and here's i guess last point is if interpol the fbi and whatever international crime fighting organizations can't take these people just, down I, I i just don't know how it's done and like you know the, obviously you know mid 2010s there was a raid i forget what it might have been 2015 2016 something mm -hmm. like that there was a raid that bladder arrested uh indicted mm -hmm. and charged and then charges dropped at the end mm -hmm. right same with uh michelle platini and a lot of these folks who were kind of at the top levels of of the power um rankings at, at fifa and you know i i really do think uh there's some there's been just some fantastic reporting um about the qatar uh, migrant crisis and building these stadiums. I, I do want to shout out an excellent, excellent journalist and Jeremy Schapp, who was reporting on this years ago, did some undercover research, uh, did a lot of video uh, where he was talking to migrants who could not get their visas back to go home. It is tragic what has happened here. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people have died because of, of greed at the end of the day more than anything else because they had to build actual cities to host this I, this is a this is a state the size of connecticut hosting a world cup and they didn't have enough cities stadiums or any infrastructure for this it's all built up like i think it's fair to make some connections to firefest i think we'll see how it all kind of shakes out <laughs> in the end um but this firefest the, we, uh, the three word uh yeah. <laughs> preview we will we'll We'll put together on our on our website. Just uh, we'll list as many of these resources as we, as we can, yeah. uh, and then we'll put it out on social so you, everyone can go do it. But like again, it's not hard to find this this content and these articles. So well, and I think it's also go ahead and do it. An awareness open throughout the tournament too, because there will be reporting about mm -hmm. incidents that occur or crop up. And I think it's as we talk about the World Cup and potentially how we're going to watch it. I think continuing to use platforms to say like, hey, here's they said they weren't going to do this. Here's what they ended up doing. This is why this country cannot host this type of tournament again. Yeah, and, and I think last point that I'd make on this opening section, which has been pretty dark and tough, uh, admittedly, um, is is I, I really do feel for those fans who are struggling to figure out if this is a tournament that they want to support because of all this stuff, right? I think under any other circumstances a winter world cup with all the kind of magic of the holiday season might have been really cool and interesting. I think right now, you know, it, it does put you in a personal dilemma to figure out kind of how you're going to go watch. And like, I am going to go watch that decision that I've made um, as a, as a fan, because I want to, to root on my, my home country and I want to see 
if they can do it after being absent for eight years from this tournament. But uh, it, it's not come without kind of personal thoughts and questions along the way. And so, you know, again, I just it's it's such a bummer, Dan, for FIFA to put everyone in this position. I think it's in my mind changed the fact that in previous World Cups, I would just leave it on and try to watch as many of the matches as possible. It probably narrows it narrows the amount of matches that I will watch in dramatic fashion to being very specific to a few. Someone on Discord is like, I'm going to watch, but I'm going to find illegal streams so the, they don't get the, <laughs> the revenue for the advertisers. <laughs> and I get that. I think people are, aren't buying kits also because they suck. Um, but I think how I've come to it, Nick, as well, is I'm going to watch, but you better believe I'm going to have that conversation and continue to highlight the things that I'm upset with, the organizers and things. And that's kind of how I'm going to make sure that I'm at least trying my best to make sure these very well-documented and obvious things are also being acknowledged at the same time. Well, there's situations where you were talking about how you're going to go to your pub for one of the USA matches, the USA-UK match, and... That's a that's a business. That's England, Dan. Sorry, England. They don't play as the UK. Yeah. Um, so you're gonna go to this game. That's a institution, a bar, a restaurant that would have to make a choice. Like if they feel that it's not great to shut down business during a time that's gonna generate a much additional revenue for them as well. Shouts to Brits Pub, a pub that we all love. I mean, that's the plan. So, anyways, anyways, it's time for an ad break. Says editor Jake who cannot spot any ad breaks in this recording. The guys must have just so caught up in each other's presence, you know? It's a good time when you get to record in the same room. So uh, it's my job. We're going to the ads. Thank you so much to our sponsors for keeping the show alive. Let's do it. If you're bored of the U.S. Netflix, why not just take it for a spin in the U.K.? Using NordVPN and a click of a button, you can do just that. No need to travel to Japan for your favorite anime when NordVPN brings it right to you. With over 5,000 plus server options, no show is out of your reach. Using my link, nordvpn.com forward slash London is blue, you can receive a huge discount on a two-year plan plus one free month. We all love to binge, but look, privacy is a big deal too. NordVPN keeps your information encrypted so you never have to worry about your IP or location getting out. They've also doubled down on keeping you safe with their new threat protection feature. Say goodbye to intrusive website ads and malware. Even if you download an infected file, threat protection kicks in and deletes it before it makes a mess of your computer. Don't forget, there's literally no risk when you use our 30-day money-back guarantee. Give it a try, and if you like it, great. If you don't, they'll issue you a refund. You can pretend the entire situation never happened check out my link again that's nordvpn.com forward slash london is blue to get your subscription started today as we look at the home countries uh and i said it plurality with plurality nick um obviously we will look at the united states most of our audience is of the United States citizenship, uh, but obviously we we have a lot of family and friends uh, in England as well, and a lot of Chelsea ties to that. We we had it in our our last podcast of kind of the the Premier League season for the break. We just talked about how many of the players at Chelsea are going to the World Cup, so um, plenty of of ways to watch and find exciting angles for Chelsea fans. But specific on the U.S. side, um, just a paltry plus thirteen thousand odds to win. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, um, if you've paid attention to my Twitter, uh, because we don't do a U.S. men's national team podcast here, 
you'll know that I am not very bullish on the uh, on the U.S. squad. Um, my soliloquy about the U.S. is I think this is the most talented United States men's national team squad ever. Um, I don't think it can really even be argued how much more talent, how many more European players there are in this. Um, and I mean players who play professionally in Europe, when I say that, are in this squad. Um, I think that... That's a good clarification, because yeah. actually there aren't many European yeah. players in the squad, which is a bit of a change. So, uh, yeah, this is not the uh, the 14 squad of Jurgen Klinsmann, which we went through on Friday night, too, where we were like, Aaron Johansson? What? Julian Green. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. But, I mean, on its face, it is a really talented squad. I think what what I struggled to see throughout qualifying, just as a ardent U.S. men's national team fan, is any sort of, of game plan. Um, and that is tough to say. I mean, it's, it's a group of really talented individuals that have to figure out a way to come together and fight for each other in a collective moment because international football and, and Premier League football are, I think Jesse Marsh actually said this the other day, they're like two different sports. You, you get such limited time with your international teammates, Dan, to put together a cohesive unit and you're expected to do that now in the middle of a Premier League season, which is already crazy. And it just is going to require a really solid game plan and a, and a group of people who are willing to fight for each other. We're not going to have that. You get one week with the players. Yeah. I mean, it, it, sh- it is truly an uphill climb for, for Burhalter. No, no, no. Brandon figured this out. Brandon came up with the roadmap. It's true. For how the U.S. gets Go out of on. qualifying. I, first of all, need Galaxy to be break. on retainer and paid a consultant fee if you do this. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm suing. Uh, look, I think everyone knows that I'm a, a Greg Out supporter. I just, to your point, I like, think you've been his biggest fan. Uh, well, Triple G? You, you ain't on the Triple G train? All I'm saying is that, uh, to your point, he, he'll start a game, realize that his plan was not at all correct three subs at halftime has to completely rip it up and start over and go back to his better players and uh so what i was laughing with cody cropper about this last week i was like i think we should sack greg after the first game so that way we get the new manager bounds for the second game you really want to go into england with just a a whole new perspective (laughs) you you know siege mentality like (laughs) rip the the heart of the team out and the manager and then just let the players ball yeah i mean I, I, who who comes in as your fictional yeah. coach then? It sounds like Christian Roldan because apparently that's why he's there oh, is because on. he's a coach. Oh, come At this on. point, no, no, think all the pundits are going to have there. I bet like Tim Howard's going to be over there. Like, where's Jermaine Jones at? Is he punditing somewhere? Punditing. Like, in your Stu Holden's going to be there. Alexi Lalas on the desk. In your fictional world, <laughs> that is the best you can do in terms of a Lala, coach. Lalas no. would just be chaos. Oh my god, it'd be chaos. Maybe it'd shut him up because he finally realizes how hard it is. <laughs> no, in my fictional world. You literally leave it as open-ended chaos. You don't replace it because that's the point. You rip the cancer out of the team and then you let them just go on their own. Well, there's some top quality managers out there that might be looking for work at the moment. Yeah, short notice. Um, anyways, go through the England group real quick uh, and kind of give us the the rundown of what to the expect. England group, as is wow, as in, not even already won it. He's completely brainwashed me uh, with this nonsense. Unbelievable. Uh, look. This is especially weird for us and our and our uh, followers all over the UK because uh, the US, England, Wales, and Iran are all in the same World Cup group. 
as if that wasn't uh, both geopolitically and neighborly kind of rivalry charged, if you will. Uh, so the, the, the schedule is as follows. Uh, U.S. plays Wales in the opening game. England then plays Iran. Then it goes to U.S.-England and Iran-Wales. And then uh, U.S.-Iran and England-Wales. And that's, that's for the group. Um, it's going to be interesting. I have a Wales kit. Do you? Yeah, he's got Welsh heritage. Is that the red beard? Is that where that comes from? It might be. Interesting. Okay. So that'll, that'll be fun. It'll be a testament to see if you're wearing it during the... Loyalties divided by England, Wales, I will be. Better believe that. Sure. Okay. Well, so. to our UK friends, go after him, not the rest of us. Um, that's You mean our English friends? Sure. <laughs> um, it is fun. We played uh, England back in the 2010 World Cup. We we're reliving that a little bit. Rob uh, Green. As much as we love Rob Green for being the hero of Baku... He has an extra special place in the hearts of United States fans as he let one through the old wickets and dribble in. That was my my first ever soccer watch party at like at scale in in the U.S. We were outside in the summer when the World Cup should be played. And uh, it was hot as hell in Lincoln, Nebraska. There were about 15,000 people in this little spot or whatever. And we absolutely went bananas when that goal went in it was incredible well england do have better odds in this world cup sure slightly 50 versus ours in here's a question for I mean, our... they got to the semifinals and like you know they, they've done well in the last two international tournaments here's, here's a question for our english uh friends would you rather have southgate or or triple g <laughs> they might not know about how bad he is yeah, but I think they feel a way about Southgate. For sure. And frankly, I would make that swap. Oh, yeah, I would do that swap 100% of the time. <laughs> well, yeah, for us, we yeah. would definitely... Uh, uh, That's get... an immediate upgrade. Immediate yeah. upgrade for the Immediate. US. I think, uh, yeah, both teams, or I guess they have a lot of, like, um, some back and forth on, on the rosters. We're still going to have to see what the actual fitness levels of are of these players. Like I said, there's only um, a little bit of time that they're going to have to get in get settled in camp. I think we were saying it was a 10-hour flight from England to to Doha, um, which is, and then they're going to have to recover, kind of just get adjusted to a new time zone. There's a lot of things that go into this as well. Oh, yeah. Like, are they carrying knocks? Where are their fitness levels at? So it, it's going to be a really tight turnaround. We'll have to see. But, I mean, I, I, I'm excited to play England in the sense of it is nothing to lose for us, right? All we can do is, like in 2010, is get a draw, which feels like a win, um, you know, potentially, like, knock them down a peg a little bit because we always have the soccer versus football debate. <laughs> Be wearing a, a sweater that has soccer on it that day, so just, just get ready. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's good, right? Group stages go from November 20th until December 2nd. Like, that's the end of the group stages. Uh, the round of 16 goes from the third to the, sorry, uh, third to the sixth, quarterfinals from the ninth and 10th, semifinals 13th and 14th, and third place playoff the 17th of December, final on the 18th of December. So it is, it's a month. Uh, it's essentially a month of football in the middle of December. Eight days later, the Premier League returns. Yep. Either on Boxing Day or on the 27th, you guys corrected me about Chelsea's schedule yesterday. So it's it's really a 45-day break for, for Graham Potter. 44 uh, at this point. Thank you, Dan. Um, always with math, that's helpful and not at all annoying. System attraction. All right, cool. And, and it's, I don't know, man, it's the wildest shit we've ever seen. Yeah. 
Uh, I I really think this is going to be like two identifiably different Premier League seasons, like oh, the pre World Cup sure. and the post World Cup, uh, and especially the other little twist is as we always talk about you you buy the one player who did the one thing and then regret it six months later. It's right before the January winter the uh, transfer window, so there's gonna be some World Cup purchases. So here's the question for Nick: one player on the U.S. team that stock is if the U.S. does well. Their stock is going to be so much higher. Oh, I, so there are a couple. Who has the most to gain from this World Cup? It's essentially, yeah. So two, the two players that I would put on that list would be uh, Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney, uh, both midfielders. Uh, McKinney plays with Juve. Juve obviously out of the Champions League right. at this stage into the Europa League. And Tyler Adams obviously playing for Leeds. Um, those two players, I think, have the highest uh potential ceiling coming out of this i don't know about christian i don't know how he's going to play in this tournament he will certainly play his favorite position <laughs> i can tell you that right now uh on the left wing so we'll have to see if he if he goes in and, and does the business but uh the u.s has problems all over the field um that we that we have to figure out how to uh, do something with uh, you know, where you play Sergio dest uh how you fit aronson geo reyna and musa into the squad uh, who plays striker for this team is is uncertain, and the defensive partnership between Walker Zimmerman and either a resurgent thirty five year old Tim Ream playing for Fulham, or Aaron Long coming back from a long term Achilles injury, uh, those those are the questions. It's it's a uh, it's a team that is light on defense and hopefully is big on heart. All out attack, baby. Nothing like, uh, yeah, putting in brand new people into a system right at the very end, Greg. <laughs> uh, appreciate that. So, anyways, that's a lot about the World Cup, obviously. Um, we will have a bunch of different types of content in the World Cup. We've never yeah. had to deal with this before. Um, and and so what we kind of came up with some ideas. Uh, obviously, we want to record after the group stages, probably with a U.S. focus um, because of our nationality and, and a lot of our big audience. And just a little bit selfishly, that's what we'll be paying attention to. Um, but it'll be kind of in perspective of the group as well. Yeah, it's also a convenient group for us and, and our friends across the pond. Like very much so. Lots to cover there. That's very much so. Um, well, we're gonna, we've already lined up Matt and Naz, uh, who are going to be in cutter. Uh, so we'll get maybe a broader view of, Hey, how's it going there? What's it like? What are you guys seeing? I remember where we what's happening with Naz when he was in Russia, we got some really good insight into what it was yeah. like for him being there. Um, and so we'll get on the ground coverage from them, Dan, we'll get to talk a little bit more broadly about the tournament and kind of obviously be able to pick out some results. We'll get to talk to them about what games they've gone to and things like that as well. Yeah, we've seen their schedules and it is quite crazy in terms of we, we thought our summer tour with them was crazy. This is a, a whole nother level of travel and logistics crazy. Thank gosh it's the size of Connecticut and not Russia again. <laughs> travel will be easy. Just get a rental car. You guys are going to be just fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, my job again. Editor Jake's back, baby. Two more ads real quick. Thank you so much to our sponsors. They truly are the reason that we get to do what we do. Appreciate it. Yeah, look, I mean, in addition to the World Cup content, we have Chelsea content still coming your way. We we know that you guys need your fix, right? This is not something we're just going to become an international podcast for the better part of 45 days. Uh, we have the famous CFC doing se uh, series two, I should say, of their wonderful podcast, 
those episodes are evergreen. They're about Chelsea's history. They're about stories. They're about connective tissue uh, from now into the past. And I highly recommend you guys go listen to the first seven episodes over this time. But we have some kick-ass plans for that episode, or for, for, sorry, for that series. I can't even talk today. For that series to continue on Fridays throughout the World Cup. Um, it's going to be a perfect time slot for those guys to come back and really do some business, Dan. Yeah, very much looking forward to it. If you haven't listened to them, this is a good reminder that maybe you are looking for more content at the moment. Go back and check them out. Blue Royalty. Blue Royalty, of course. Yep. Con- Always available. Continuing through that period. So it's actually... A really great schedule if you wanna if you if you haven't really tuned into the Chelsea women before, but you still need your Chelsea fix. They are playing basically throughout the World Cup, uh, and you can find those in the states on like Paramount Plus or streaming on YouTube for the Champions League on on DAZN. And and this is crazy, but they frequently score goals. Turns out that they're also entertaining as hell to watch, and I uh, highly recommend that you tune into Blue Royalty because basically the minute the men get back, they go on an international break. Which is convenient for sure. Nice little overlap there. Yeah. The dev squad will be off because there actually are a lot of U21, U22 players involved in the World Cup rosters. Mm-hmm. The U18s will still play. So Phil and I will figure out what we want to do uh, with that. Um, but then we also are going to bring the Chelsea angle to the World Cup. Uh, Danny, you've been working with uh, Sam or CFC Central uh, on some, I would say, some pretty cool uh, scouting content. Yeah, because you think about this, that Chelsea are going to likely go buy a player or two, some type of reinforcements during the winter window post-World Cup. They're going to be players that Chelsea might already be eyeing and saying, hey, these are the players in midfield or an attack that we want to go after. Obviously, there have been a lot of links with players like Nkuku and uh, Gavardial, who we are looking at. But there are more out there. And there's a lot of players who are going to get an opportunity to impress. And so we're selecting a few that we're going to go a little deeper on with Sam and that Scout membership to (laughs) dig into the specifics of why they would be a good fit at Chelsea and kind of track like who who that power ranking of player is that we should go after post-World Cup. Yes, Sam is Mario already, right? He's the hero of the story. But then you add Y-Scout, and it's like the little mushroom that makes him go faster. He's just he he's just all powered up. doesn't make him necessarily go faster. Oh, God, look what you did. He powered up, yeah. all right? He, he we were powered just, up. We were talking about the star. We were all having a good time, and then and then I made a huge error. Huge. Nick does mushrooms once. <laughs> look what happens. <laughs> oh, oh, man. So, well, yeah, lots of lots of For stuff. the FBI agents listening to this call. That's incorrect. Surely that's not their biggest priority. Um, but like, yes, a lot of Chelsea content as well. Like I said, it's it's just going to be balanced between the World Cup and Chelsea. Uh, we're still going to be you know posting on our feeds uh, quite regularly. Uh, it just will be a little bit different. But like I said, uh, throw out ideas if if our listeners out there have you know as we, we get into this because we've never like I said had to do something like this before. But uh, I think we've kind of covered it at all angles. We might find some other content that we'll be able to share out on the feed as well. Uh, from friends and and have some appearances like that and some pop-up stuff is it's just opportunities arise but uh, it's gonna be a good world cup i mean at the end of the day uh, we're gonna we're gonna find a way to to stay engaged with the community and, and put out some fun content yeah go follow us on tiktok go follow us on i say this lightly twitter uh, if you if you haven't already uh, make sure you're stuck in on patreon and discord the community there is still going to be rocking and rolling uh, during the World Cup, and it's something we're super proud of. We have 
all these folks who are so dedicated to uh, not only the pod, but Chelsea writ large and, and making it a, a really tolerant and, and good community. So that's yeah, conversations about everything else, too. You know, you did not just about there's football. a there's a golf channel. Well, on get Discord. stuck in on Andor. Get caught up on Andor and chat with us about it there. Yeah, it, it is a good just like a, a community of people that uh, started because of Chelsea and branched out into literally every other part of life, <laughs> which is which is awesome. We appreciate that. Um, all right. Anyways, that's up. We got to go to brunch, gentlemen. This is I this has actually got me a little bit more excited, not necessarily for the World Cup, but I guess for what our plans are for the World Cup. Um, I have to say, I'm pleasantly surprised that you guys pulled this one out. Wow. And it's that sort of belief that keeps our podcast going, folks. Mimosa's on me on three. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, we're going to cut there. But uh, yes, a lot more content. Uh, it's not going to stop. We're not going to slow down. Uh, we're excited. It's just uh, more soccer. It's not like it's gone away. And we're it's, just going to get stuck just, in. Just different. It is very different. All right. Until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Get the blue flag flying high. <laughs>